Welcome back to Hey on Track Frankfurt. This is the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there's to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the greatest club in Germany, the greatest club in the Europa Conference League, as we're all going to find out on Thursday, and so on and so forth. Uh, I always mess that up. Brian does not. I do. So I'm going to stop right there. Uh, I am Chris in Detroit. Our fearless leader, Brian in Kansas City, is out this week. Uh, we'll hear from him later this week after the Conference League opening uh, playoff round kicks off. Um, but I brought a full panel today. We're going to talk about the Bundesliga match day one that just happened. We'll talk about Europa Conference League, and then we'll touch on the weekend matchup against Mines. Uh, so let's get right to the panel here. We're going to move from east to west, uh, just as the sun does. We're going to start in the great state of New York. And Matthew out there in New York. Matt, how you doing tonight? Oh, beautiful, man. Love that you mentioned New York as a great state because our taxes definitely aren't showing that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you hail from that beautiful area. Not that there's anything wrong with the city, but that beautiful area upstate that is just outstandingly green and full of trees and lakes and all that good stuff. Not the greatest of lakes, but nice lakes. <laughs> Sounds biased from you. <laughs> A little bit. Uh, speaking of Great Lakes, let's head to the region. So nice. I brought it twice to the show tonight. Uh, in Detroit, we got Garrett from the 451 podcast from Detroit City FC. Uh, longtime on track Frankfurt supporter holding down the fort for the group uh, watch parties in Detroit. Garrett, how you doing tonight? Chris, I'm doing pretty good tonight. It's great to be back on the podcast with all these fine gentlemen here um, to talk about our dear German club. And it's great to have the season starting again and seeing what it all brings. (laughs) Love it. Uh, We'll be doing more watch parties in Detroit this year. I have moved, but I'm still within driving distance, still working in the city. So we'll still be watching games down there and moving west across the lake. Uh, to the, uh, what are we calling it? The Great North, uh, I think Brian would call it, to the Twin Cities. Miles, how you doing, buddy? Oh, pretty good. Uh, sorry, sorry, I couldn't be there last week. Was uh, excited to be on there, but uh, baby, baby duty calls a lot of nights now. So <laughs> that takes a little bit more work than a podcast. Not gonna lie, it's uh, it's a lot of work. So in between the diaper changes and such. There was a match on the weekend. Were you able to tune in? Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt won and Darmstadt nil. Of course. Wouldn't miss it. So let's start with lineups. Let's start with lineups here. Uh, There were a lot of debuts, um, but let's start formationally because that's always fun to talk about shape. Uh, 3-4-2-1, kind of a a funky 3-4-3. Colomuani was forward and back, but officially, I guess the 3 4 2 1. Uh, reliable Kevin Trapp in the back, Pacho, Koch, and Tuta in the back, Max Rota for about a minute and a half, uh, Skiri and Eric Ebimbe, uh, Mario Goza, Randall Colomuani, and the ever reliable sometimes and definitely hit it out of the park this weekend, Jesper Lindstrom. Um, was there anyone from the starting 11? We're going to take Rhoda out because the injury. Matt, was there anything in the starting lineup that you wanted to see different? We really didn't know what to expect coming off the cup match. Uh, shape-wise or lineup-wise, were there any surprises for you? I love the 3-4-3. Three, three. Maybe that's just because from playing FIFA when I was younger, that was just the, the most offensive sort of form to go. But I kind of liked it just because of who we are as a team. Because obviously, we lack depth on the defensive side of things, which I definitely want to get to in a minute because Tuto, what the fuck? Um, but like, I, I definitely like the 3 4 3 because it gives us options with like, you know, Omar Mamouche, obviously, with Jessica Gonkum, even with JPH, Ansgar Knauf, and even Hugo Larson if he ends up getting a couple of minutes later on this season. So it's definitely a very offensive a lineup, but I definitely thought it was awesome from Dino to come out with this in the first game of the uh, Bundesliga. Yeah, I thought it was safe in that it, it provided plenty of opportunity for our speedsters like Kolomowani and Lindstrom to track back. Um, I would have liked to see Goza a little more involved from a um, from a creativity standpoint. Uh, Garrett, what about you? Uh, with Rhoda going out in the first minute, a few minutes with the injury, 
Um, how do you think that affected the opening of the match just from a tactical standpoint? I think Rhoda's injury kind of affected some things because in the way those two central midfielders are, Shakiri is your um, – going to stay back a bit more ahead of the in front of the back three where Rhoda might link up more uh with the wings and then with Lindstrom and Goza um Frankfurt and Darmstadt both did a 3-4-2-1 except Frankfurt's attacking midfields play a bit more inside whereas Darmstadt's play wider for us playing Lindstrom and Goza inside means you have Mbembe and Max flanking down there um Shakiri, I thought was you know I, he's going to be more stay at home than Jibrasso um, and I feel like Saw and Road will be more like out and out number eights. But I really think our second half unit um, was a bit more flow together. Um, also, shout out to Makoto Hasebe, um, our oldest Bundesliga player. Um, I just think that we had a bit more connection with there. And I thought Dina Mbembe um, also maybe in the second half probably looks a bit better more as a – attacking mid in this or a central box-to-box midfielder as opposed to a wingback. I like him as a wingback. Um, but I think – Yeah, I think one of the questions right. I had in the midfield um, was how are we going to replace a guy like Jabril So, who is so critical to everything that we did uh, defensively and in the transition too. game. And, and who? Kamada, because I think without Kamada, that's Absolutely. why we went to three four three. Because Kamada gives us that offensive presence a little bit more than what Shkiri and Kamada or Rota would have played do. even more deeply yeah. back. I think that was the biggest year. question. I think Kamada playing back with um, allows Goza to play higher up too. So another link of attack. Miles, I needed what was you. your take on Shkiri? What was that? I I wasn't impressed by the debut of Shkiri. Um Maybe there's more to offer, you know, first time, first match in the league, uh, some catching up to do. Uh, I wasn't all that impressed, but obviously it's one match. What was your take in the middle? Yeah, I, I think, you know, a lot of these guys out there are just getting comfortable with with the new guys they're playing with. Um, and, and it definitely felt like that with him, uh, you know, new new formation, new new guys they're playing with, new coach. Um, so I'm really expecting, you know, as we go along, you know, one nothing win here was, was not super impressive, you know, definitely will take the three points, but, um, I really hope to see in the next few matches that this team starts to gel a little bit more and, and show a little bit more confidence out there, um, as a whole. Matt, you highlighted our expletive tag, uh, pretty early in this episode regarding Tuta. What did you not like in the back line? I mean, for me, I'm looking at. 180 competitive minutes played, 180 minutes of clean sheet football. Tuta, you know, probably not his best, but he's the experienced guy in that back line now. Uh, For his back line to have two straight matches of zero goal defense, I can't be too upset about that. No, and and I'm I'm definitely being a little harsh about it just to get more clicks on the (laughs) podcast here, but... I just, I, for some reason, I just felt like, you know, Tuta is the most, the more experienced Frankfurt player on our team. He knows what our backline kind of needs. He, ha- he knows how Kevin Trapp uh, plays. And he's playing with two brand new center backs on the team with William Pacho and Robert Koch, right? So you figured, I figured he would be a little bit more commanding. Yes, he's probably not more, he's probably less skillful than both Robert Koch and uh, Pacho, but like, you got to be have that sort of like leadership uh, mentality as you go on the line and also kind of pr- uh, prove by example. I just didn't seem like that kind of happened, you know? I mean, there's probably a reason why we ha- had to switch him out for Makoto Haseba uh, because instead of us actually putting four in the back and kind of keeping that one nothing lead, we actually just went center back to center back straight out switch. So it's a little alarming, and I, w- I would kind of agree with it because there's some points where Tutor just seemed a little... I don't know if sloppy is the right word, but I just I expected a little bit more from him just to be kind of be like that leader for us in that back line. And for him to honestly get subbed out as well, um, I, I once I saw that, I kind of thought, you know, this may not be this may be the last time we see Tuta start for us. Wow, that's I mean, that's a pretty bold statement. Um, last time seeing him start, I think that's a bit of an overreaction. A hundred percent. Certainly. You know, but that's what that's what you do on a podcast after week one. You know, if we were all sitting here comfortable, we'd have nothing to talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, for sure. But here's the the beauty of it is like, look, we got a clean sheet. 
and in the fact we have a double clean sheet, which I can't. Chris, when's the last time we've done that? <laughs> we need you sit here well, every time. Certainly not every me week. predicting them. Exactly. I every predict them we every week, and then I get yelled at. So, so like um, defensive was good. I actually kind of want to talk a little bit about the offensive side of things because, like, yeah, let's go. There's no difference to what we're doing last year, and the reason why I say this is like we were dominating possession, we're dominating the. The 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 fir- the defensive half and the mi- the middle half of the field, but the offensive third of the field, we are struggling still, and I don't know what it is. Whether it's just like we're not making that last pass into the box, we're playing around the box too much. Like uh, some something is happening, and once or if we uh, end up losing Ronald Colomani on that, we are so beyond screwed. I don't even know where how to start. We'll talk about the RKM thing in a few minutes. I know Garrett and I had a good back and forth offline about it earlier. But uh, Garrett, what what was your take statistically? I mean, we didn't put a lot of shots on target, but I, I thought at least early on, and then it waned in the middle before picking up, before we parked the bus. Um, I liked the movement of players. I thought there was a little bit of creativity, especially leading to that goal. Um, that was the kind of you know gentle, over-the-top touch from Jokic, which was just gorgeous. Um, but the Lindstrom pass off to Max, that whole buildup to me was the kind of thing that we haven't done in a while. And it felt good to see that. What were your take? What was your take on it? I thought the Lindstrom hold up to then swing it over to Philip Max, who then fed it across to Cole Milani was exquisite. Just because I, w- I was expecting Lindstrom to take one more shot or um, one more touch. I'm looking at some of the stat lines right now. And I really like how balanced we are across the field Um, with all across, not relying so much on one side, 87% passing accuracy. I mean, we talked how hard a lot of games last year where it was hard for us to complete passes, Um, winning the battles, the sprints, putting the mileage in the efforts. Um, in a way, it's tough to get one goal, but you know, at the end, you said two clean sheets, especially with a makeshift back line that hasn't yet gelled. It's going to take a little bit of time to gel. Cocked in with William Pacho in, so yes, um, it'll be interesting. I think it's a good sign, though, that we got this with people still developing and connecting with each other, and still like more time for Marmush and, and Gonkum to make their mark, even Jens Hago. But yeah, so excited. Um, and, you know, we won at home to start the year off, which is a big improvement from last year, how the season opener went against Bayern. So um, now we just have to take this momentum into the next two games, uh, Bulgaria on Thursday and then Mainz. But if we play like we did with a little bit more attack, I feel pretty confident in how we're going to um, do both those days. And but we have to we have to play the matches first to see how it all goes out. You know, I think there's something too that we're we're gonna talk about in transfers. That back line may not be solidified yet, depending on what happens up front. I think it, as much as you know, we all think, oh, we're gonna have to replace the striker, we might have to reinforce that defense too with some of that, you know, windfall money that some think is gonna happen. But that's for the next segment. Uh, Miles, was there a was there a player this weekend who you said that's my clear man of the match, or was was there somebody that you're ready to sit because they just pissed you off that much? Is there one or the other that sticks out for you? You know, I I didn't really feel like we we had anybody really stick out either way for me. Um, I really liked uh, Max uh, this this last game. Um, I, I don't know that he's head and shoulders above everyone else, but just really like that that spark plug, that drive um, that he had out in that game um, was definitely uh, good to see out there setting that pace. Um, and I'll also say, too, just on that back line, uh, bringing that back up, uh, I really think that this back line is, is a lot more talented uh, overall um, than what we've seen in the past. But we, we again, just need that time together. Um, and, yeah, if there is a weak link there, I, I think that is probably Tuta. But, uh, you know, only time will tell. And I don't want to shut Tuta the whole time. I don't yeah, want to set it, the president here that Tuta is an absolute terrible player. I was just expecting 
so much more from him. And if anything, I think Buta should be playing. Buta, if you put him wide, and then Mbembe in the central. I will say the problem that we have with Tuta, and it, it's a good problem to have, he's such a young guy still, and yet he's our most experienced defender. Now, this is what his third uh, head coach that he's played under in his short time with us. Like, the guy has had to adapt, you know, to a lot of different settings back there. And uh, the back line – you know, your your job doesn't change as much as the midfield or the forward situation does when you bring in a new administration. But it's still, you know, some different layers of support that that, that back line gets that changes up a little bit how you push guys outside or how your combinations are working, moving the ball out after you turn it or after you um, create the turnover. I just I'm not sure we've allowed him the opportunity to grow and be too comfortable yet. I would say for what he's done following a legend like David Abraham, uh, he's done an outstanding job. And while he hasn't been entirely reliable, he's been put on, a, on an island with a lot of guys that are extremely talented. Not this weekend, um, but in the past. He's been trusted in some high-profile situations. And for the most part, he's graded out really well. So I'm not about to give up on him just because – you know, one game into the season, we saw some concerning things there. We've said this every single year about him, and he's bounced back and been incredibly reliable. I think he's getting more reliable. You just put yourself in the corner there by mentioning an island since, you know, there's no more Kamada Island anymore, Chris. I think you're going to be sitting on Tuta Island. Samba music intensifies. I will tell you that 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 even though the sea levels are rising, uh, Tuta Island is made of granite, not sand. That is... (laughs) a rock-solid island, and I'm happy to stand on it right now. Let's see if he says that in January. (laughs) Um, Anyone else? You guys know my predictions are absolutely horrible. Um, I just have a terrible track record with it, but I really hope this one doesn't come back to bite me. Uh, We barely touched on that goal. I thought the overlapping work was awesome. The communication was great. RKM Shemi was unbelievable. Oh my god, the way he just he like, just shook him off. It was unbelievable. Oh, it was hilarious. A hundred million dollar man for a reason. Okay, so I want to talk on this um, I, as we close out discussion on Darmstadt and we look ahead at transfers a little bit. Um, here's my concern. I I'm a Frankfurt man at the core. I uh, I love the, this club and I love the guys even the guys we've sold away for money over the years. I appreciate everything RKM has done. I don't believe he's a hundred million dollar man yet. Um, Now let me explain this before I get spammed on my Twitter slash X account. Um, RKM is fantastic and he's worth tens of millions, but his track record is brief. And part of the reason you don't get that Harry Kane money for him is because he doesn't have a decade worth of results to show. He certainly has a lot of upside. And actually, what's going what's gonna to make us the most money is the fact that there's still years on that contract. And he's going to be expected to sign an extension wherever he goes. That's the value in it for us. And certainly, every time he scores a goal, you can probably add $5 million to the total. But if we take our, our red and black glasses off, He's probably a 70 to $90 million man. Can somebody tell me I'm wrong? Miles, you're the yes. transfer guru. How wrong am I? Yeah, you know, go. I mean, really what, what everyone's kind of thrown out, I'd say, you know, really 60 to 85 kind of. I mean, he's obviously a hot commodity right now, um, especially with uh, a lot of these big clubs needing strikers. Um, Real Madrid, um, looking at you. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're obviously overvaluing him because we don't want to lose him. And, and I think that's totally fair. Um, let him perform this year and, and next year. Um, you know, great. Maybe we'll get that $100 million. People would be more willing to pay that. Matt, will- tell me if this is crazy. I, think the, I don't think the basement on his price can go down. I think that's set solidly around 65 For argument, let's say $70 million. All he can do is make us more money at the winter pause when somebody is panicking to get that striker to, to get them to a title or to the knockout round of Champions League, whatever it is. 
why don't we let him perform here? Keep us in the mix the first half of the season because it's clear he's our target guy. Goals have to go through him. Why don't we hold on to him? Because his value won't go down. If anything, it's only going up. So two things on that. First of all, three weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I can't remember when the tweet was. Um, Manu submitted a bid for 70 million euros to get Kolomowani and we rejected it. So I, that just says I think he's a little bit more than six, uh, 60, uh, 60 uh, million. On like the whole like contract thing and tr- summer transfer thing, you know, the, the longer this goes on, the less valuable he kind of becomes because of that contract kind of length. And I feel like if he, um, if he does leave in the summer, he'll still be a hundred million dollar man. I still think he is a hundred million dollar man, also because of his World Cup performance and. The soccer world is a suckers for World Cup like performance. If you look at Zhao Felix, look at him now. He's not doing too well. If you look at um, oh oh, oh uh, Renato Sanchez from Portugal, you know he's not doing too well right now. But those guys are such youngsters. Where Ronald Cole- Enzo from Chelsea, yes, Enzo from Chelsea. The only good person you can think of right now is Alvarez from uh, Man City because of Argentina. Yep. But you know he's still continuing from his hot streak at the World Cup, but. That's the difference with Ronald Colmani. He is not that young kind of player. He's definitely a little bit more seasoned. He, Yes, he, he hasn't had this much spotlight on him for that long, but this is also a soccer transfer market where we're paying – where teams are paying specifically premier league teams are paying 60 70 million for people you don't even know their first their last name on you know what i'm saying yep. so that's why i think he's a hundred million dollar man if like if we're talking five years ago no he wouldn't be but the way the the, the soccer transfer market is like he's got to be a hundred million dollar man garrett we know that uh in the past whomever psg wants psg gets uh we've also talked about the importance of keeping your star players happy. And if they want to go helping them to move, because it's going to be hard to sign the next guy. If you inhibit these transfers when the players want them. And so we're kind of walking a fine line here. Um, where would you settle on the price and what would you look for in return? Is there a player or is it just strict compensation and go buy a player somewhere else that you want? I mean, honestly, eighty-five million, and then give us Julian Draxler for free. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we were in the position, this position, but in the summer of twenty twenty-one or um, beginning of twenty twenty-two, we would have taken that money, and hell, we probably would have even yeah. taken sixty-seven or even seventy million from Milani. But thankfully, things have come into our favor, where we now have the luxury of you know, fielding even bigger offers. Um, you talked about, um, Matt talked about uh, United offered 70 million for Rasmus Hoyland. Uh, for Milani, they turned it down and said they got Rasmus Hoyland out of Atalanta, 20-year-old guy um, with not as much um, product that Milani has right now in his show. Um, 15 goals, 11 assists, still young in his 20s. Um, if you look at like Bundesliga fantasy, he provided the most points out of anybody. Um, and to do that and be such an integral part um, at this age is wild. And imagine if he had scored in the World Cup final, he could have even been like an 150 million yes. you know, Euro player. I agree. That would have been a cup winning goal, which would have been an entirely different situation. He goes down in history. Uh, so... I think when you look at what players are going for, especially in the Premier League, um, some of the Chelsea minds. Mason Mount. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, Rasmus Hoyland for United. Maybe some others. How much they paid for Antony last year. Um, Chelsea, Chelsea paying £113 million pounds or whatever the fuck it was for uh, Moises Caicedo. Um, I think it's fair we can get $100 million. Yeah. And, you know, if he could even be more, if he stays healthy. So, um, but it's up to the club to decide if what we have on the bench can survive that and if we can bring in replacement, enough replacement talent in the time window to warrant that transfer fee for him. So, um, but I think he's worth it. I think he, he's a special talent right now. Goals and assists. 
So it's um, it'll be wild. I think this is, is he- the question that kind of solidifies it. So let's compare Luka Jovic's amazing season with Frankfurt versus Randall Kolomani. Remember, Jovic left us for Real Madrid yeah. for seventy million. Who's the better? Who had a better season, Kolomani or Luka Jovic? Kolomani, and even Kolomani was more similar to Sebastian Haller than Luka Jovic. If you look what Haller brought goals and assists to that team in eighteen, I agree, and that's why I think Kolomani is the hundred million dollar man. Yeah, he did more with less. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. with the inflated Not market enough. that he's in right now, uh, it, it is to our benefit. I just wish we would wait till January because I don't think the stock can go down as much as it can actually go okay. up. Yeah. And I hate midseason transfers because it's harder to fill in the gap uh, tactically, especially if we're fighting for Europe. Um, but it, it's just hard. I don't know if we're in a position to fight for Europe come January if we get rid of him now and we don't have a suitable striker up there, I mean, yeah. Boy, um, not being on the bench is a huge, huge sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just got to hope Milwaukee stays healthy because if he stays healthy, he can even increase that transfer value. Well, we saw that in the cup match. Uh, in the cup match, Marmouche came in and was fantastic, but the level of competition was different too, and that's what concerns me. Um we hit on Kolomuani pretty heavy there. There's a yeah. couple other transfers, Miles, I need your input on. Um, we haven't heard anything from Napoli yet about Jesper Lindstrom. And then Ali Du to Cologne. Apparently that just came out this afternoon while I was hiding under a rock somewhere. Uh, how do those affect us? I mean, Ali Du not as much as Lindstrom, but is anything on your radar regarding Lindstrom? Is he a goner? Yes. I, you know, I'm not shy about my love for him. Yeah. So um, recently there were some, some credible tweets around that there's no offers uh, around Lindstrom. So um, that that's good news right now. Um, I, I really would hate to lose him. I, I think, uh, I think he's going to be really key for us this year. Um, so good, good to know that right now there's no offers for him and, and I hope it stays that way. But as we've seen yeah, with silly you know, season, I, it's uh, who knows uh, in two days, something could pop up. It's going to be the longest 10 days of our lives, man. I swear. <laughs> I mentioned when Ugh, it's already long as summer. Yeah, uh, it, it certainly could be worse. Um, we could have no reliable options on the bench. Well, it looks thin. Like we've talked about, we have depth, not experience, but we have depth. And there was a time where Kola Mwani mm-hmm. was not experienced and look how he came out. So anything can happen um, when you're replacing, yeah. you know, your, your previous stars. Um, I mentioned when Lindstrom came in uh, as someone who, one of the six Americans that watches the Danish league, uh, you're going to love him, but you're going to pull your hair out sometimes at, at his frustration. Cause I mean, he's, he is a moody diva. He embodies everything about this club in that regard. Uh, he's <laughs> the hardest working guy on the pitch, or he doesn't show up. Definitely there is of. no in-between with him. But when he does show up, I think his speed and, and effort is critical to the success of Kola Mwani. So uh, those guys figured mm-hmm. something out at times last year, mm-hmm. and then at other times it, there was no chemistry at all. I would hope a full offseason together gets more out of them. Um, but we'll see where that goes. Anyone have thoughts on Ali due to Cologne? Uh, for me, it's kind of a who cares? Good luck. Um, am I missing something? I mean, he was my Husic, so I kind of wa- I was fighting for him a little bit just because I liked his playing style. I liked him on the wing. I felt like he was like a, a actual traditional winger, like comparing him to like Kostic or even like Philip Max at this point. So I was a little disappointed that we're getting rid of another str- uh, an attacking player with all this RKM and even Lundstrom noise happening around, but. Yeah. I think Aladu can benefit this year. He needs playing time. He's 22. He's got size. He's got pace. Um, and, and going to Cole and that style of play that's very direct, I think, benefits him. And I think it could be interesting to see where Cole plays him. Do they play him on the right? Do they play him on the left? Do they put him as a withdrawn striker or an attacking mid? Um, it'll be seen, but I think it could benefit us much like Kamada coming back from Belgium and maybe even this year, Jens Haga coming back from Genk. Um, a year with time, sharpening skills, much like how Dortmund fans might have felt when Ansgar Knauf was playing for us. 
January 22 before we made it a permanent deal um, and loan spell. So I'm wishing the best for him on there, and I want to see if he develops this year to help us more in the long run, whether we keep him or we wind up selling him. I'm sold on that, Miles. Anything on Ali do? Yeah, not 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 a whole lot. Um, you know, I, I think it's a good move for uh, Cone, but um, for for us, I, I don't think we're going to be missing out anything r- right away this season. So it's somewhat of a position of luxury for us, and you know, for his career, certainly to be somewhere that can help get him kick started would be good. Um, Speaking of good, let's talk about good things we're drinking. Uh, I'll head down the road. Garrett, I got I to gotta bring this up to you. Uh, our good friend Brian out in Kansas City, our fearless leader, uh, he was telling me that he didn't think Fago Red Pop was that good. Um, so we're, I'm trying to get him some rock and rye. Apparently they don't sell that out there. But you're a connoisseur of all things Fago. Uh, what is your go-to Fago product and what have you been drinking lately? Um... Love a Fago Cola, especially on a Keyworth match day. Um, Cola, Moon Mist um, are my top two. Black Cherry, which is pretty good also, as a good non-caffeinated thing. Um, What about Peach? I haven't had Fago Peach, but I've had Big K Peach. Actually, I have that in my fridge. Miles knows what we're talking about. I don't think... Matt has any clue what we're talking about right now. This is going right over my head, boys. You know, for, Miles, for any Minnesotans out there, product of choice? you can get Fago at Quick Trip. And this is Quick Trip with a K, not not with a Q. <laughs> nice. Chris, you're going to make fun of me for what I'm drinking on the night. What are you drinking right now? Guarantee 2% milk. I'm on my second class. Brian's going to add, add more black cherry to that list of what I apparently owe him. Good Lord. That, we've reached a new low on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> milk I'm does kidding. Your body uh, it, milk does your body good. <laughs> and I thought I was low with my Coors Light picks. <laughs> but yeah, no. We'll make sure we get some of the goodies out there to him. Uh, Matt, what are you drinking or what have you drank lately? Uh, I'm upgrading a little bit. I mean, I, I obviously you don't know, love my Coors Lights because they're nice and crisp. But having a Stella here today. Nice little Stella Artois. Mm. So, kind of Belgian. Do you have the little foam cutter like they do on their fancy TV commercials? Oh, there's you no go foam when like I pour a beer. <laughs> Miles, what about you? What's what are you sipping out there in the? You know, I I've, I've been cutting back the, lately, but I had to pull something out for the uh, for the pod recording. So I've got a Wild State Classic Dry Cider that I'm got in a Griptus. Hopefully, I don't anger the. Diva uh, by putting that in a Griptus. Um, and it's out of Duluth, <laughs> Minnesota. So uh, it's it's pretty good. I, I can do a dry cider. Uh, it's it's the best substitute to Eberlevoie. So best thing I can get out here. I like ciders. Is it snowed in Duluth yet? Well, I'm so I'm, <laughs> da- I'm down south of there. But yeah, uh, I don't think it's snowed in Duluth yet. I think we're, we're out here down in the cities that uh, I think tomorrow is supposed to be 100 degrees. Yeesh. Gotta love it. Gotta love Midwest weather. <laughs> and then on Thursday, it will snow because that's how it works here in the Midwest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so for myself, uh, I kept it local last week in Frankfurt 1. So naturally, what I drink affects the way the team plays. Um, from Old Nation Brewing in Weberville, Michigan. Uh, absolutely. I'm sorry. Wow. I just upset the entire east side of my region. From Williamston, Michigan, uh, Old Nation Brewing. I think the best beer made in Michigan right now, the M43, uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, I don't, Miles, you've had M43. Is that a hazy or is it like a, what do you call it? Is it a Sessions? I don't know. It's You know, I don't even think I've had that one, M43. Well, I'm going to have to get some to you because it is the best stuff made in the state of Michigan right now. Um, it's a, we need it's a very summery. Sponsor. We do. No, then we have to like drink what they want. Um, and that's just not going to cut it. But uh, speaking of partnerships, uh, we do have something that we're going to bring up after the break. So if you're still listening, God bless you. Uh, we appreciate you. And stick around after the break. We'll have an announcement and we'll get to uh, what's coming up later this week with I'm Track Frankfurt. Uh, segment two coming up.
Welcome back to Hey on Track Frankfurt, episode 278. Matt's already gearing up the social media for 300 later this year. It might coincide with a New Year's event. Uh, that'd be pretty freaking cool. Um, but it's been 278 episodes. Uh, I've been sitting here for, I don't know, I think about 120 of them. Um, it's been a fun ride and I'm not going anywhere. In fact, I'm digging my heels in a little deeper with halfpod.com, uh, which is our goal to bring a year round website. Um, we're about to relaunch version 3.0 and we have a data partner now. Uh, we have partnered with Sport Monks, a great company uh, out of the Netherlands who will be feeding us live football stats from across the Bundesliga, the Frauen Bundesliga, both Pokal competitions. So when you're like, oh man, I got to go to ESPN for my stats and oh, I hate all this other stuff on there. Starting on September 1st, guess where you are going to go to get your stats. You're going to go to halfpod.com. We're going to have a whole stat center built out and that will all be from Sport Monks. Um, it will be fantastic. So I'm hyping it now to hold myself down on the coding and get it all done in time for a September 1st launch. Uh, guys, I'm excited about this. I don't know where you're going to get your information, um, but I'm going to halfpod.com. It's the only uh, place I'm getting so all my stuff. <laughs> What's that? That's the only place where we get all my Frankfurt stuff. Even our Twitter feed, our Instagram feed, our episodes. Where else do you need it's to go me. besides on different Matt, websites? we don't have a Twitter feed. We have an X feed. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Twitter. Twitter all day. It's always Twitter. Agreed. All right. So let's talk uh, briefly about the second squad because uh, something not so great happened with On Track Frankfurt 2. On the weekend, uh, they lost to Offenbach uh, in the 100th minute. Not a lot to go with there. Um, disappointing anytime Offenbach is one-upping us. But uh, you know what? I, I need a better look at this roster. I don't know how we're going to use some of these young guys coming in. I hope they get opportunities to play there. Um, Matt... How do we utilize this as an opportunity for growth? I know Romans talked about it in previous episodes. Uh, they did well last year. They had some some good player development. How long do we have to wait to see the fruits of On Track Frankfurt 2 uh, pay off for the senior club? I don't know, man. It's it, it seems like you've been in a dry spell for quite some time, and I think the reason is is because we are obviously a much more successful team than when we were like maybe what, uh, five or maybe about five years ago, maybe like seven, ten years ago, because the really only few academy players that we have ha had are Roda, obviously, maybe Sonny Kittel, you come there, Sebastian Jung, and drawing a blank on oh Timothy Chandler, obviously, but. Other than that, you know, but that 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 at that time, you know, we were still like bouncing back and forth. We we're still an elevator team, right? Going from the second division was to the first Barcock division and back then. Was Barcock one of our academy guys? Barcock was an academy guy as well. Yes, that was the other guy I was forgetting. Um, and now we've kind of transitioned to a point where you know we want to continue success with the senior team, and you know we were shifting away from the youth side of things for what I'd say probably between 2017 to 2021, 2022. Yeah. Now it seems like it's opening up a little bit more, and I definitely want to see a lot more like youngsters kind of be put in the team instead of us like buying all these youngsters like Angsa Knauf, Ali Du. Um, there was like two other people that uh, that we sent out on loan to, but yeah, it's 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 we've definitely shifted away from it a little bit. But I think if we keep being consistent into the uh, you know our first team and everything like that, and you know the the money keeps rolling in from our success, you know it's definitely going to kind of catch up. But it's definitely lacking a little bit now. Yeah, it it is. Um, you know, but some of the guys that are assigned there right now, I think our future keeper. Uh, uh, Simon Simone is a guy who the opportunity, uh, young guy from Albania, I think an opportunity for him to get actual game minutes um, at that level is far more important to his development than sitting on the bench or sitting on the 23 roster, but not finding the 18 on the weekend. That's the kind of thing that, 
you know, it, we have to walk that line between we want guys to be with the first team, but are they just there for the sake of it? Or are they actually going to develop? Um, and there's, you know, a contractual part of it too. Uh, some of these guys are con- contracted one-way deals. Uh, others are, are, you know, qualifying age and contract status where they can go back and forth. Um, I'm not up to date on the legality of that. Miles, I don't know if you are, um, but is there anybody in that, in that youth system uh, who we should be keeping an eye on that you're aware of or, or somebody you'd like to see there to get more opportunity? Because you see it the way like the Freibergs do it in the Dortmunds with their second squads, they're constantly pulling up this talent and they're reaping the benefits year after year. That's where I want to be. Yeah, I mean, clearly, clearly the uh, the coaching staff doesn't think he's ready yet. But but Nacho was was apparently uh, really really uh, good last year for the second team. Um, so I'd be interested to see how he continues to develop. Um, obviously, there's there's Venick out there as well. Um, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see those two and and see how they continue to grow and if they may have a spot on the uh, on the big club in the future. And it's one of those things where we've lost some young talent the last couple of years that really I would have loved to keep in house uh, the Ali Achman types where, uh, and who is the the kid from uh, Spain that, that we lost uh, who was supposed to be like the next great thing from Spain. That was all Twitter hype with Ali Achman though. I don't think it was though. I mean, it, Twitter hype is one thing, but the YouTube hype, you can't fake highlights. I mean, the kid was a stud. Was it Zalazar? Oh, I'm I'm blanking on his name, but he had the big he had the big fro. Um, gosh, the Spanish kid. Yep. Um, yeah. Wasn't Zalazar? Was it? No, it wasn't no, Zalazar. No, no. It was another one. Um, but anyway, great great podcast topic. Players we can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll um, come yeah, back so in an hour. Yeah, we'll tweet it or we'll exit. Um, so, uh, that's the second side. We're going to get a little bit more in depth with that. Brian does a good job following that. Um, so let's talk about something else we know absolutely nothing about. And that is our opponent on Thursday in the Europa, uh, UEFA Europa conference league. I hate that name. I hate this competition. I want nothing to do with it, but here we are. Uh, we are going to be going to the beautiful country of Bulgaria and playing um, in the Vasilevsky, that's not Vasilevsky, the goalie for the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Vasilevsky National Stadium in Bulgaria. Garrett, I know you've done a little bit of homework. Uh, Tell me who this is and what I need to know about them. Uh, We are going to be playing PFC Levski Sofia, competing in the first league. Um, They are in fifth place in the the Bulgarian first league. Three wins, two losses, 12 scored, five drawn. Uh, One of the top two teams in Bulgaria, along with CSKA Sofia. Um, Levski defeated Bersheva. Um, in the third qualifying round, uh, one two uh, first leg was nil nil, and then the second one was two to one. Um, Twenty five thousand seat stadium, probably a really packed crowd. Um, you know, one o'clock this coming Thursday, Eastern time. So we'll see how it goes and uh, what they bring to the table. But we play like we did against Leipzig. We have a very uh, I feel pretty good about our chances. Uh, they do have a right winger named Ronaldo, and he wears number seven. I'm not too afraid yet. Uh, Matt, how serious are we taking this? Uh, I know it's a Europa competition. There's money involved. You certainly don't want to lose to a club that you're supposed to be handedly. We're a top five. We're, we're a top seven team in a top five league in Europe. These are the ones you're supposed to sleepwalk through, which is why I'm concerned because we are the moody diva. Um, how are your spider senses feeling right now? If I were to give you guys a, uh, a ranking of what I think is important, I think Bundesliga is number one, the DFB yeah. Pokal is number two, and this Conference League is number three. 
And not because I'm not trying to shit out the conference league. I'm not trying to shit out the teams or anything like that. I just think our focus is better in the Bundesliga because we obviously we as fans are striving to be a top five team consistently. We have not been doing that for the past two, not even about the past two years. We'll go to maybe not even past three, actually. But right. I guys, I don't really care about this. It's for me. It's like, meh, you know, I, I, I if anything, the real the big thing I want to see us in this competition is for some of the, you know, uh, second team guys to go in or some of the youth guys. So like just to get more experience for them, especially in like an international sort of like competition, I think it'd be great for them. It could transition well going to the Bundesliga and stuff, but I'm not going to really bat an eye too much about this, you yeah. know? Agreed on that, Miles. Are are you sitting anybody? I mean, it, it, it it's too early in the year to talk about load management. Um, but honestly, it's a lot of travel for some guys that could use an opportunity to rest. Just after, I mean, Darmstadt was physical on the weekend, and then we have Mines this coming weekend and another, you know, back to back derbies to open the season. It's going to be another physical one. I don't want to risk any more injuries. We already lost Rhoda. Um, I, I haven't heard how long he's out, but I just I don't want to lose somebody in an important spot and say, oh, we did all that just to go clobber someone seven to nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with Matt and, and the importance of the uh, the, the rankings of, of where we where we should be focusing our attention. Um, obviously, there there is still a decent amount of money, not not too much less than Europa League uh, involved. But I think, like you said, we can skate through this uh, pending the diva. I would love to see Ngankum, um maybe get a start and, yes. and rest Kolomorani. I've been impressed so far by Ngankum, and I think that would be huge for his confidence and, and for us to be able to see what he can do. You know, the minute we rest Kolomorani, though, the, the rumors are just going to go <laughs> fucking wild. <laughs> True. Oh, is he in Paris and I'll you know, they're going to be tracking up. flights and yeah I guess so um, Milani watch uh, for me I kind of want to see I, I need to see the defense stay together because I think they have a lot more gelling to do uh, Mario Goza can take a load off Kolomuani can take a load off rest the guys who are going to rely on to score goals and create offense on the weekend um, Garrett, what about you? Any anything? Oh, uh, Marmouche. I want to see him get another opportunity. I really liked what he did in the cup match, and I want him to have the opportunity to do that in a meaningful game. Agreed with starting Marmouche. I go and Gonkum Marmouche. Agreed with resting Goza Milani. Maybe even put Larson in there too, um, just to get some bodies rolling um, in that flow. Um, keep trapping there. For sure, um, but see who else I would put in there. Uh, but honestly, yeah, I mean, I'd rotate the squad a bit. This is a good opportunity. Save as many bodies as you can before Mainz on Sunday. Um, maybe go um, Max on the left and Buda on the right, <laughs> um, and Bad Bay yep. maybe in the central. Or do we put Knopf in? I'm not sure. Um, but agreed with the back three. Keep the back three the same. Unless Dino decides to change the team sheet up, too, which could be interesting. Um, but I'll also give Haga a run out. Haga needs some time. So I think it's a good opportunity to bring him in. Not Knauf? Buddha on the right, Knauf on the left. I'd say, if you do that. Yeah, Buddha on the right, Knauf on the left, and then maybe put in Jens Pitahaga right smack dab in the middle between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. And just roll with it. See what happens. Shikiri. I think Shikiri, if, if he's your guy going forward, you need to give him as many minutes as possible right now because he hasn't established himself. Right. And he needs that opportunity if he's the guy that's going to be there or slotted to be there full time. Agreed. So, but yeah, I think Jakic that's... Yeah, in the middle. Yeah. Because he will... Annoy the living crap out of all of them. Balkan battles, man. We also got we got manhandled physically by Darmstadt, and while we're not a small, um, we're not a small lineup by height. They just muscled us around, and uh, physical team like that. We the way we play, we draw fouls. We have size, but we're not as physical as Darmstadt, where physicality is a part of their play. 
So, you know, they'll they might bring it more on Thursday too, just because motivation. I don't want to go too deep because I want to have a victory in our pocket. Um, not that these guys can't get it done, but I don't want to put it all on their shoulders. And then somehow we come out of there with a one nil or two nil loss. And we're like, Oh shit. Now we got to save ourselves at home from complete embarrassment. And then we got to go out three times harder on the home, on the home leg. So while I want to get the depth, I also think it's important for continuity to make sure guys, even if they're not getting, you know, 60 minutes, just give them the last 20 or something, just keep their legs going. But certainly I think, you know, the older guys, the Goatsas can, can relax a bit. Uh, I think we nailed the young guys that need to rotate through there. Um, what about predictions? <laughs> this is a total shot in the dark for all of us. Uh, let's start in the West with miles. Uh, do we have any sort of intelligent prediction on this or are we guessing? Oh, this, this is a shot in the dark three, three, nothing, uh, <laughs> us pick a, pick a goal score for, let's go with goal. Number one, who's going to open the scoring. Well, you know what? Let's go with Ngonka. I, I'm going to hope he's in there. At the start. Fun. Okay. Garrett two nil Marmish opens things up. Matt. I'm like, trying to subtly look up the lines right now to see what like <laughs> the betters are saying because clearly we have no idea but I mean yeah I think same thing with us I don't think we're going to get a clean sheet just because I think the diva may show up a little a little to us because I keep forgetting about the the Balt the, the, essentially a Baltic war down there um so I am going to go three one good guys and I think uh I'm gonna say Jens Pitahago is going to score too Ooh, I like nice. it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with four to one. I think we kind of get a couple early ones and settle in. I think the talent disparity is too much to ignore. I think we get a couple early. They probably get one in garbage time or you know maybe in the middle to make it feel a little closer because we can't be totally comfortable. But I'm with Matt. There's no way we go three clean sheets in a row. It's just it's not in our DNA. Nobody would believe it's us. Um, but I'm going to go with a goal. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, with a goal from Ebimbe. He, I liked what his effort on the weekend. And I think with, you know, more space to work with, he can use his, he, he was aggressive. I, I thought he was one of the few guys that tried, even though he's a little bit smaller in stature, he tried to stand up for himself and for his teammates. And I liked his aggressiveness. He looked angry. And I hope he carries that over on Thursday. Um, I'm not sure yet if we're going to get out another episode uh, before mine's on the weekend. Um, but any quick thoughts about how this match, whether it's good or bad, impacts our play on the weekend, Matt? Are we concerned about the impact of the travel and the short turnaround? Or is it just something we've been used to the last few years and we'll figure it out? I mean, yeah, I, th- I think we've been conditioned enough to but to do that, and I think with the, the new additions we've had, especially with like Shkiri and Cohn having their uh, European success last year, you know, he's kind of conditioned to doing all of that. Um, but I, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, we're playing Mainz, you know, and we don't do well against Mainz. I mean, it's such a it's such a back and forth seesaw battle with them. So I don't think so. Um, I don't think it will be a, a huge. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a huge like damper on our next or on our game against Mainz. Wow, I can't speak. Um, but yeah, I I don't think I'm I'm not worried about it. You don't have to speak. It's just a podcast. No worries. <laughs> Still looking for the line here. Frankfurt's minus three hundred. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Oh, that's that. See, that's concerning. But I think they're looking at it the way we are where certainly no one expects RKM to get 90 minutes or, you know, even travel. Who knows? Um, right. I think everyone's expecting our B lineup here. Uh, Garrett, what what do we have to be concerned about come the weekend? Um, give me your minds prediction because I'm not sure we're going to hear from you again. Uh, your impact uh, for Thursday on the weekend and how do you see the minds match playing out? I feel – depending on how things go in Bulgaria will probably tie into how we do in Mainz. If we roll in Bulgaria on Thursday, I feel good on the way of Mainz. Mainz are going to come pissed off 
Um, the goals that they gave up against Union on Sunday in that 4-1 loss. You know, very unminds like ball, uh, crosses in the box, weak defending. Um, it'll be a home opener. It's the right mind derby. They're going to come firing. Uh, but if we play the way we do, I could see us getting at least a point and maybe even three points. Because the last time we played Mainz was a 3-0 win at home in May. So I feel good. Give me your prediction. We get, we're get we getting at least a point. I think we'll get, we could get three. I think I'd take it. Yeah. Miles, are you looking ahead? We know for Mines, this is their Super Bowl. Uh, for us, it's another match. Um, but certainly it's a house of horrors for generations of Eintracht uh, players and supporters. Um, what do you think? What, what do you see on Sunday uh, as it relates to Thursday? Positive impact or no impact at all? What's your take? Yeah, I, I think we're we'll, we'll hopefully start some of those those subs. Um, so I don't think that will impact it too much. Um, going into mines, I think they're going to be hungry. You know, obviously, like you said, it's their Super Bowl. Um, they're they're hungry off that that loss to Union. Um, unfortunately, I, I mean, I guess it's a one-one draw. But uh, most of that is just because I, I feel like this team still needs to to do some more more gelling together um, on our end, and and I think Mines is going to be kind of hungry. But uh, hopefully, I'm wrong there. Yeah, I mentioned Super Bowls. Uh, going to Bulgaria is certainly going to be uh, their biggest home match of the year, as far as who they've brought in. So I think maybe that that test of that. Um, environment playing in a national stadium against a team that's an underdog, maybe not as heavily as I expected, but they're an underdog. Uh, maybe that'll give us a little confidence going into mines, which is certainly going to be hostile. And I think we can hold our own. Um, I would take a point just because we've had too many bad experiences there. I can't guarantee three um, like I can on Thursday, but that's why we got to play them out and see what happens. We'll have more on predictions on social media and as always, uh, the fans are now involved in our predictor game. Uh, it was kind of a lot of scratch in our predictions in week one uh, in the battle of the podcasts. Uh, I think all three podcasts came out one and one. Uh, Matt, do you have an update on that for us? I know you were crunching the numbers earlier. Yes, I do. So pretty much we all, so we have a, it's us talking foosball and 50 plus Duna. Um, and we all pretty much got two points out of the week. If uh, 50 plus Duna wasn't so bold and predicted a Cone 8 1 win against <laughs> Dortmund, uh, he, they, uh, they'd be up by four points. But I did not make that prediction for them. But cheers to them for being loyal. I thought that was just a fat fingered typo. But, you know, it's a good, confident pick. You, you believe in your team, you make that pick. Um, be the first fat finger typo I've made on this. <laughs> For sure. Uh, Matt, where can we find you on social media? You can find me at Twitter, on the Twitter side at MattSGE underscore NY. And then definitely obviously follow us on the Instagram page. Miles, where are you at? Uh, well, you can find me on X <laughs> at Miles Eakins, <laughs> M-I-L-E-S-E-A-K-I-N-S. I will never call it X. I'm just going to put that out right now. Sorry, Elon. <laughs> Not even if there's a fire. It, you know, it feels weird when you have to type in x.com. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. just use I the app, but I have yeah. Twitter like in a folder on my phone and I still have the Twitter logo on there and it's 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 awesome. I never thought I'd defend Twitter in any way, but I miss the old Twitter. Uh, Garrett, where can we find you in 451? Uh, you can find my personal at GM Comats, K-O-M-A-T-Z, uh, 451 at 451-D-E-T. Um, and then also uh, Eintracht Frankfurt Detroit, S-K-A, Adler at Detroit, S-K-A. Um, so those are the three you can find me on. Yes. Uh, if you're coming through Detroit, through our wonderful airport, or you're going to be here overnight for one reason or another, uh, give us a call. We'd love to meet up with you and uh, – and show you a good time, buy you a drink, watch a match, all that good stuff. Um, we've had a, a good run-in with some some local uh, or international Frankfurt fans uh, coming through Detroit for study abroad and other things. Shout out to Sebastian, who we met at, at uh, Keyworth Stadium here in Detroit last week. 
Um, myself, uh, you can find me on Peloton, Instagram, Twitter, Discord, at C in the D313. Um, and you can find the show, of course, uh, facebook.com forward slash HEF pod, Twitter or x.com forward slash HEF pod, um, on Instagram at Hey on Trek Frankfurt. And of course, uh, the new and improved and certainly about to be your number one spot for stats, HEFPod.com. Uh, so we thank all of you for joining us. Episode 200, <clears throat> excuse me, 278. I almost made it to the end without a cough. Uh, we will talk to you after the match Thursday and hopefully get you up to speed on what happened down in Bulgaria and how things look going into mines on the weekend. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. This is going right over my head, boys. Hey, I'm